Hello, and welcome to the MPM Interconnections podcast. I'm Andrew Burns, your host for this week's episode, and I'm joined this week by Alan Cooper, CEO of On Energy. Alan, thank you for joining us. Andrew, thanks so much for the invitation. Well, it's an honor to have you here, and, and I know that that On Energy has some pretty exciting stuff going on that was obviously led um, by the capital raise that you guys just announced on June 13th, um, and we know that's going to go towards storage development in ERCOT. Uh, but to kick things off, Alan, for those that may be less familiar with your firm, why don't you give me just an overview of On Energy and kind of where its focus is in the market? Perfect, Andrew. So, um, On Energy is a, a full service integrator and IPP in the battery storage space, sort of a next generation IPP, if you will, for battery storage. Um, we've got experience across uh, five different countries, about eight different power markets. Uh, have deployed uh, over 55 projects, both on the CNI front as well as front of the meter storage, pairing batteries with just about every generation source out there. Um, our differentiators fundamentally are, number one, that we are an integrated service provider um, and have the ability to deliver an end-to-end -end solution, which takes things all the way from origination and development uh, all the way through to construction, operation, long-term ownership, including project finance. Um, and at the heart of that is our second differentiator, which is that um, we have our own proprietary software capabilities, which uh, apply both on the development side as well as through our ener energy management system that's called On Command. Um, and that's what's fundamentally monitoring and controlling and dispatching all of our battery storage assets in the field. Uh, using, uh, for the most part, proprietary algorithms that uh, decide how to maximize the value of energy storage in all these different power markets. Cool. And and for you, I mean, have you been with uh, On Energy right from the beginning, or or uh, did you join later? Just tell us a little bit about your trajectory with the uh, with the company. Yeah. So, um, you know, my first foray into batteries was in two thousand and seven. I worked for the government of Canada. Uh, on a, one of its first electric vehicle pilot programs and analyzing different battery chemistries for that. And, and the results of that exercise were actually not that compelling at that time. The batteries were um, expensive. The chemistries uh, weren't uh, the best suited for the application. The um, driver behavior of the electric vehicles was probably not appropriate. There weren't a, a recycling programs that could you know, have an end of life and a for like circular economy perspective. And at that time, um, it just seemed that it was way early, um, but I did get bit by the battery bug. Um, I've been working in the energy space for approximately the last 15 years with a training in setting up several um, technologies in the space, uh, some of them in oil and gas and some of them now in, in the renewable technology space. Um, I founded On Energy, uh, alongside my partner, Ricardo, who's our CTO, in 2016, after about eight or nine months of research. Um, and we decided to kick things off, actually, in a couple of different markets in uh, Latin America. Uh, I'm originally from Caracas, Venezuela, uh, so I'm uh, naturally bilingual and bicultural. So we decided to kick things off in, in an interesting power market, which was Peru, and later expand northward towards Mexico, which... Um, has become an excellent market for us, particularly for behind the meter applications uh, and, and now northward into the U.S. Uh, we've been headquartered out of Miami, Florida for that entire time. Uh, and now there's an increased focus on 
uh, US uh, standalone storage and, and other projects uh, here in, in, in the US for reasons that many of your listeners probably already know, but, but right. certainly an attractive market for, uh, for, for this technology. Yeah, I think it's a really interest, interesting kind of trajectory for for you and the firm. I, you know, it's probably a little bit different from um, some of the listeners and some some of the others that are active in the storage market. Is it uh, was it a fairly recent move? Whenever you uh, made the move into the the U.S. market, when like I'm talk, walk me through that that process. When were you, you know, how were you thinking about that market, and and when did you decide was was the right time to sort of dive in? I think it's always been part of the strategy, Andrew. I mean, this is, um, it's a highly competitive market. It's hard to get started here, but but once you have a proven track record, um, it makes things a little bit easier. Um, we had sort of a unique competitive advantage in being able to originate deals, prove out our technology, built out a considerable part of our technology team in LATAM um, at a lower cost basis than a lot of our competitors um, and managed to build a, a fairly comprehensive curricular or, or like a CV of projects in, in terms of, you know, having done business with some of the largest generators in the region, large corporate customers like, you know, Walmart, Grupo Bimbo uh, and others. And, and just, um, you know, we started in the U.S. Uh, really commercialization a little over two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, and, Certainly, the IRA has been, you know, fueling fuel to that uh, endeavor. But we were uh, here, present in the market already, and commercializing the technology. Um, so, you know, we actually closed our Series A the week that this that the um, which was specifically for U.S. expansion uh, of our CNI storage uh, product, with which we closed with SDCL in about August of. Uh, 2022, and that's pretty much exactly when the the IRA came out. So it was actually like sort of serendipitous that that would be the case. And um, yeah, yeah. So you know, and I understand that 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 Series A uh, financing was kind of you know, like you mentioned, it was, it was really focused on the CNI stuff, and 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 you know maybe some behind the meter applications. Whereas now with um, this this new financing that we're going to talk about, it's really more geared toward um, uh, you know in front of the meter applications, particularly in ERCOT. So uh, was that always the plan? Was was the Series B financing always in the works? Or, you know, you mentioned that Series A kind of kind of uh, hit when the IRA hit. Was it was it uh, some influence from the passage of the IRA that caused you to, um, you know, move forward with that, that financing? Yeah, Andrew, I mean, at least as a company, we've always been heavily project-based. Um, the, the technology we believe should follow um, projects that are in the money that make sense and that add value to our communities and to to our businesses and whoever's uh, investing in those projects um you know and i think that's maybe why our our technology hasn't really been pigeonholed into just behind the meter or just in front of the meter and utility scale uh we we've we've developed solutions for both and again even across latin america we're developing a front of the meter application, which will be the first of its kind in Central America and Honduras. Um, we're, um, we've constructed uh, three uh, sort of hybridization projects, adding energy storage to front of the meter uh, generation facilities in Peru, working with um, PMGD developers and larger scale developers in Chile to, uh, to, to add storage into their mix. And then similarly, it was just very natural that we would be looking at 
uh, front of the meter projects here in, in the US. Uh, we were very attracted to ERCOT, particularly these um, sort of quote unquote distributed generation size uh, utility scale projects because of their velocity, because um, frankly, their core competencies require a know-how in power trading and storage and, and sort of software forward applications, not just a simple sort of contracting of, of, of the energy storage asset. And so um, those are the things that led us down that path and that I think have attracted uh, the interest of the investment community uh, to, to now bring these things into construction and developing a pretty important pipeline of projects behind that, um, which, which uh, we're very much looking forward to. Cool. And so with the uh, the financing that, that you guys just closed, um, is it um, all going to be going toward uh, ERCOT development or do you have some other things like on the in the on the back of the, the line that you guys are that are also going to be advancing, you know, the next, say, 12, 18 months? No, Andrew, I mean, a, a portion of a, a portion of those proceeds are going to go towards um, the construction of those uh, projects, particularly the equity piece. I mean, those, those projects have a combined value of approximately $75 million in total value there. You know, hopefully we'll announce um, important updates on, on the project finance component of that. But this is sort of cl closing the corporate level equity that's investing in those projects. Uh, some of it will be used to... It, it, broaden our pipeline, both in ERCOT and beyond, uh, with a primary focus here on the, on the U.S. in terms of development pipeline and rolling out development teams in the market, um, being able to work closely and, and partner with development partners in the region. Um, and some of it is, is uh, you know, just simple corporate growth equity to make sure that the business uh, continues to grow. We're about 85 full-time employees today. Um, looking to continue to expand that uh, reach horizon and, and project set into the future. Cool. And then, um, you know, when we spoke last week, we talked a little bit uh, more in depth on um, some of the projects that you guys have, have coming on in, in ERCOT. And I do want to give the listeners a little bit more of uh, an insight into that. So you want to tell us a little bit about these, uh, you know, as you mentioned, uh, especially this first uh, group is, is distribution connected in ERCOT and kind of what that means and, and where they're located in the scope of these developments. Yeah, so you know these are these are sites that we've developed. Um, some have been greenfield developed. Some were um, acquired at a mid to late stage uh, development. We um, are focused on a solution set which is targeting which sits just under the ten megawatt threshold that would require a, a, a full interconnection application uh, with ERCOT and the local utility. Um, it, these are 9.9 .9 megawatt uh, two-hour solutions that will be basically providing uh, a number of different services, but primarily, uh, you know, re real-time arbitrage of energy to uh, make sure that the grid is balanced during the moments of of high stress and high pricing, uh, and as well as provide ancillary services to the market, which is still a lucrative market today, and and um, uh, you know some indications that 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 market is becoming saturated, but with these things coming online uh, by middle of next year, then we should still be able to take advantage of that uh, opportunity, uh, which, which certainly is, is attractive. Um, these have a fairly rapid uh, development cycle, about a year. Yeah. Um, and, and we have found some 
uh, incredible locations and continue to find these incredible locations, particularly in the Houston-Dallas corridor. Yeah. Um, uh, these sites are fairly geographically concentrated, which should make the rollout uh, somewhat easier, uh, as well as the operations and maintenance from that perspective, keeping you know the the reliability in mind as well. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think that's that's an interesting uh, move, and, and it's a, certainly an area that I I know well as we've talked about in the past. But um, I, as we also discussed, you know, I know that, that you know obviously these these first first group of projects is this is kind of what it's encompassing, focused on, on this corridor and and these nine point nine megawatt uh, projects. But um, we also discussed, and it may be a little bit you know, earlier in the, in the process, but you also have uh, at least some sites that are um, a little bit for, for larger projects, right? You guys are going to be going into some um, more utility scale uh, storage projects in ERCOT. Yeah. So we, we have, um, we have a one, one site, which we call Maverick, which is a hundred megawatt, 200 megawatt hour facility, which um, is under, under control. We own the site and it, it, it's, it's, um, in the process of, of development, um, you know, it's it's sort of uh, because of the long interconnection queues across the United States, but also in in ERCOT, uh, these things do take time. We'd love to construct them sooner, and and certainly the the appetite for investment in those is is there. It's a question of um, you know building a portfolio uh, of development sites that are investable, and that's really our core focus is making sure that we build out um, this first asset base here in the US really effectively and with excellence and putting our, our, our technology forward, which we're already, you know, again, doing for a number of different people and doing it for ourselves uh, in, in this case and having a very interesting uh, growth portfolio that's gonna be, you know, hopefully ready to build by the beginning of 2025 and into 26 and 27. Cool. Cool. And are there? I mean, obviously, ERCOT is is a is a very nice, attractive market to focus on, particularly for storage. You know, it's, we really kind of look at it as as you know the either you know, one of the top two right storage markets right now in the U.S. Maybe outside of California. Um, and so, uh, for you guys, I know that you you are um, you know getting to be pretty well versed in some of these other states in the Northeast, particularly with uh, some of the behind the meter applications. But for uh, these front of the meter type applications, are there other areas that, that you guys are looking at that the IRA may have sort of unlocked for, for front meter storage development, or are you still kind of in the process of, of kind of looking around and, and vetting where you want to go next? Yeah, it's, it's in the works, Andrew. Hopefully we'll have uh, more interesting projects set. It does look like the Northeast behind the meter, particularly Massachusetts and, and New York is, is a great opportunity. And we have a great value partnership with a number of uh, different uh, developers and channel partners that are helping us access those markets um, and being able to provide sort of a, a tailored solution that we've already had deployed uh, and project finance for those. So we can provide sort of no money down storage for, for those applications. Um, in front of the meter, uh, it, it, it's more about the, the offtake uh, in, in particular where this adds value. And so um, there's lots of stuff in the work. There's some stuff in, in Virginia that we like. There's stuff in New Jersey that we like. And, and I think there's a project in Connecticut that we're looking at. Um, it's, you know, the IRA has really opened the market up, Andrew. And I think that's why there's so much opportunity in the sense that um, a lot of places that were close are now in the money. And so it's, it's a question of, um, of really digging deep and seeing where you have a competitive advantage, where you can reliably build out construct and operate these assets and have a real strategy behind that because it makes no sense to just have 
dozens of systems spread all over the country. And I, I don't think that's an effective way to, to build a company or a portfolio for, for our investors. Um, so we're trying to be really thoughtful about how do we do that. Sure, sure. That makes sense. Um, now, speaking of the IRA, I know a big kind of a really the big issue with it right now is is the sort of the lack of clarity surrounding the ITC and particularly the tax adders. And there's there are things that are trickling out, right? You know, every once in a while from from the uh, the federal government. But um, what is what has been your approach in in lieu of this this crystallized guidance? Is uh, you know what have you got, how have you guys thinking about that? And and you know what are you kind of what moves are you making to sort of set yourself up for being able to to capitalize on what we imagine those adders are going to be i mean the i think the the, the first uh the first move that we made was was just be really well advised and we we use um wilson Zancini as our uh legal counsel who have a wonderful team who've uh you know specialized in storage and renewables and uh taxes and they have a special ira team so i mean i think we're we have a very um close advisors with their ear to the ground and direct connections into people who have written regulation. Um, we're also cautious in the sense that, you know, we, we understand that regulation still is yet to be published in its final form. And we're building with that in mind, you know, with, with regards to energy community, we've been lucky since uh, now there's sort of an updated guidance and it seems that the vast majority of Texas uh, qualifies for energy community. Our project sort of always fell in that um solution set so um it's been less of a concern from that portfolio uh you know what what what's really i think important and will fully unlock the value of the iras is getting clarity on on uh itc transfer and the tax credit it's such an important part of project economics um lenders are making deals and having traction, but it's it's essential that um, the market truly gains some clarity here. It's apparently imminent in the next uh, few weeks, yeah. but it, it, I, I think that will really unlock the value here. Any, any uptick that we've seen in activity, um, I don't know if it's led to actual construction. And I think that's been the main hurdle. Like let's let, once the, once those rules are clear and the finance community gets comfortable with it, um, even if the legal community is is clear and developers feel bullish, we all have sort of a vested interest in that being the case. So in the end, the banks are the ones who who really need comfort here and, and are the ultimate um, decision maker in, in unlocking uh, really the power of the IRA. So I, we, we hope that that happens in the next few weeks and, and that, that'll be um, kicked into hyperdrive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's certainly going to be an exciting time for sure. And another thing that obviously one of the big main adders for, for the ITC is the uh, domestic content piece. I know that that on energy is, you know, working with a number of different suppliers. Do you think, uh, is that something that you guys are targeting where you're, you're going to try to, to capture that, that uh, adder as well on top of the energy community? Or um, do you feel like you've, you've gotten, uh, you know, the supply that you, you're working with right now is, is you're comfortable with? Absolutely. I mean, we 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 have the the great benefit again, Andrew, from from not not only being just a an IPP and 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 a developer, but also sort of an integrator in the sense that we can integrate our own solution. And and I think that we for all of our projects, particularly in Texas and and the rest of them in the U.S., um, we're going to be targeting trying to get the, the, the domestic content. I think it's it's uh, certainly value add, and we believe in. Uh, buying in America fundamentally, and so uh, we think that it's it's 
economically the right thing to do and, and just the right thing to do uh, generally. Um, we have structured a, a package that we feel complies, but again, it's it's all a, a it's all an opinion at this point, be it a you know an opinion from me or from our engineering team or from our legal counsel, but it's all an opinion until they actually publish. Um, it, it's a that that'll be exciting as well. I think that'll unlock you know greater project economics. And uh, once the rules are clear, then I think you know the benefits to U.S. manufacturing will be increasingly clearer too, right? Yeah. So I, I, that's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely something that we're we're all sort of keeping an eye on, and it, that's going to be a, a very interesting piece that unravels. Um, I guess uh, you know, there's a couple more things that I'd, that I'd be curious to to learn more about, and one of them you mentioned already a little bit, which is you're talking about how um, some of the projects in your pipeline already have been through uh, acquisitions, and and I imagine that you guys are are you know probably have some more of those on the way. Um, so just in terms of of how you vet these projects and how you decide where you want to go. Um, when you're when you're acquiring storage projects, you just want to talk to me a little bit about that that process, that mindset that you that you're in whenever you are uh, you know sort of shopping around for projects. Yeah, so I mean, origination is hard, as many yeah. people in podcast will 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 know. But um, you know, we we we've been around the block enough to understand um, and get a sufficient deal flow to where this is interesting. A big part of um, the way that we originate is we don't want to have a, a bunch of open-ended blank conversations without real focus. So we try to look at uh, starting with the market and understanding where it is that we want to focus and being very clear on uh, what capital is available, what power market we want to focus on, uh, what type of opportunity and what, what type of value we want to create to the customer, whether it's contracted or merchant, like try to establish those, those guardrails, if you will. And, and then go off into market and have conversations that are productive and uh, sincere with different members of the energy storage and renewables value chain to see how we can get access to those deals. We have um, an in-house team that does development. So from a permits perspective and analysis of you know, state of development, I think we're, we're fairly well advanced. Um, and we have an ability to to engineer systems ourselves. So oftentimes what 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 is happening is is particularly in, in earlier stages of development, we can take a look and, and see if we can um, optimize a solution set by integrating the system ourselves, by structuring um, a hardware and software package that might deliver more value to to ourselves or our investors. And that's that's sort of put us with a little bit of a competitive edge. Uh, we've also partnered with solar developers. Uh, both on the CI front, but also utility scale and adding sort of storage as, a, as, a, as an adder to their business and being able to partner um, with a lot of our know-how and their access to deals and their know-how in, in their particular power market and being able to, you know, put a winning combination together. So that, that's something we're working uh, hard on and hopefully we'll, we'll have some more news on that soon, Andrew. Okay. Well, that, yeah, that, I think that's really interesting too. So are these... Uh, Things that um, are, are still kind of in the works. These these partnerships with these these CNI solar developers, or are you have any of these been announced and completed already, or is are you still kind of in the the phase where you know these are still kind of coming together and they're gonna yeah they're, they're coming together. We're already working together with several uh, important CNI uh, players and and working on the first deals and making sure that the solution sets are deployed appropriately and the capital is deployed appropriately. But but uh, there's lots more to come on that. Um, 
hopefully soon uh, in terms of official announcements. But um, you know that, that we're, we're looking for more people. If if storage is a part of their of of, of of you know what your customers are requesting of you or what your off taker is requiring, then you know we can we can add you know value through you know seven or eight years of experience and an interesting project set of a diverse set of projects and and uh, capital to those applications. So it's it's been pretty compelling to to the people we've been working with so far. Cool, cool. Well, I guess as we sort of wind down here, I, the the big thing that that I like to ask at the at the end of these conversations is to just kind of give. Uh, listeners a snapshot of, of what's going to be coming down the pipe in the next say 12 18 months so for you guys for on energy like where where do you see your focus obviously you know i imagine we're going to see these some of these ERCOT projects come online but um just give us an overview of of where you you see that your focus in the next 12 to 18 months and what we can expect to see from you guys um as you guys work through uh, your pipeline and the number of things that you guys are working on that we talked about today yeah i mean and uh, i think the, the the top three things are deployment 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 you know, yeah. we, we have a set of projects that we've been working on really hard over the past 12 months to 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 get into the pipeline, to get funded. Um, uh, you know, I think the 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 core focus for us will be executing on this project set and the others that we have uh, in the works. 